All right. Well, good morning. Welcome back. Uh, or thanks for sticking on for the... <laughs> Why welcome back? It's a commercial break it's, or what? Yeah, I don't know. So getting used to this. Um, but hey, I'm, my name is Jonathan Monk. I get to be the high school youth pastor filled in for Tracy Johnson uh, this morning. Uh, obviously joined here by uh, Doug. And the questions are on the screen behind me. You can see those texts and the questions that you have. We love to hear the questions that you have that are uh, relevant, that are practical based upon the uh, the message that you just heard from Ephesians 4, walk in. So good. Okay, um, let me clarify. Yeah. Um, the questions aren't on the screen. The number to text your questions. What did I say? You said the questions are on the screen. You've been out of practice. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan actually, let me honor him. He started this whole idea. Like but he's been yeah, over a year ago. But he's been out of it. So yes. if you have a question, I hope you'll text it to the number on the screen. Yeah. But the question will never appear on the screen. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that would be pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Yeah. We, yeah. All right. Uh, first question. Well, today's a big day in Jacksonville. So Trevor. Lawrence has his first home start today. Yeah, that's not part of the I'm message. I'm actually going to the game. It's not part <laughs> oh. of the message, but if you had to pick, uh, what do you think? Will the Jags win their first home game? If I had to pick? Yeah. You're picking the Jags, or I think they're playing the Broncos. I'm I'm hoping they win. Okay. Yeah, I think they'll win too. So, Trevor Lawrence first. <laughs> that's not what I said. You I hoping. said, I hope they win. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. All right. Anyways, just wanted to, to start with some fun. I don't know if you're a Jags fan at all, at all but uh, they play at 1 o'clock today. So anyways, uh, let's get into uh, the questions. As, uh, you, again, feel free to text in your questions. Um, one of the things I really appreciated, by the way, is that I was listening to the message two weeks ago uh, on the walking a new path. And so I was uh, in the yard working hard. And um, I love how you said it just it, I, I thought like it kept coming to mind afterwards after I listened to the message. Lay aside. Renew your mind, put on. So those three things. And then I listened to this morning's message, and it was like it just picked up where we left off from two weeks ago, that yeah. there is a laying aside, there's a renewing of the mind and putting on, that I thought that was so helpful that that's not something to be applied in just one message, but you almost could apply that three-step process in almost every message. Uh, not almost. We will. And okay. I mean, it's the context. So that's why last week, he, though Tony didn't have the dresser up, it was clear, lay aside these type of words yeah. in order that you could put on these new words. So this lay aside stealing to put on work, lay aside laziness to put on generosity, just lots of things. Right. Yeah. So, Good. so helpful. All right. So first question, can you elaborate more on who or when you shouldn't share? Yeah. Yeah, I figured this might be part of the Q&A, but that's why I didn't want to end the message, because I don't want to be the point of this message who we don't share with. Our overwhelming uh, leaning should be to share, to meet needs, as God has enabled us to meet needs. But there are times where meeting a need um, actually is not helpful to the person and in disobedience to the scriptures. So 2 Thessalonians 3, if you missed it, is our core passage for if people can work and are choosing not to work, then actually it was it's better for them if we don't share because as long as we share with them, as long as they get to eat while not working, why work? Mm-hmm. That's the core uh, problem when we believe that we have a responsibility to help everybody regardless. No, the scripture doesn't say that. So if somebody doesn't, I don't know how to elaborate more other than if they're not working, 
or they are working, but they are uh, foolishly and continually misusing their funds. Like somebody might have a job and they continue to gamble. And because I, I had a conversation with a guy yesterday who uh, wastes a lot of his money gambling. Uh, that person, we do not serve them by giving to them because we are, we are interfering with the consequences of not working or misusing funds that God intends when we share. So uh, sometimes that's going to be a judgment call. And we should be sure that we know a person can work and is not working. We should be sure that it's a continual. In other words, somebody makes a mistake, they make a foolish decision, and they are have acknowledged that foolish decision and are working to make good decisions. I'm going to help that person. Right. That's good. But it's the person who's continually refusing uh, to make poor decisions that I'm not going to intercept the natural God-given consequences for that lifestyle by sharing with them. So um, that can be hard, especially when it's family. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's the right thing to I don't think it's what the scripture says is the right, right. thing to do. No, that's good. All right. Um, next question. <clears throat> is there a biblical priority of who we should share with first, and then how much we should share. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we don't teach at the, gospel, uh, at the chapel is the whole concept of tithing. So this may be old news to you, maybe new news to you. So let me try to, in oh, that's good. 60 seconds, capture why we don't teach tithing. Tithing we see come out of the Old Testament where the people of God were a nation. And as a nation, the Jewish people gave, it would seem like 23% per year, not 10%, 23% per year to help with three things. The supporting of the Levitical priest, mm -hmm. so the supporting of their religious side of their nation, the supporting for their national holidays, the, the holy days of Israel, and every, so that was 10% for that, so 20% there. Then every third year, they were to give another 10% to help provide for the poor, those who could not provide for themselves. What you and I might think of, again, as welfare in its truest form, not necessarily in some of the form it's turned into, but in its truest form. So uh, that was theocracy. You get to the New Testament, and you never find tithing in any letter that Paul wrote to the churches. And you would think, wow, that's crazy. It's, it, giving is talked about, right. but a percentage is never given. Instead, 1 Corinthians 16 says that we should give as God has prospered us. And 2 Corinthians 9 says we should give in proportion, no, as we purpose in our heart. 1 Corinthians 16 was, as God has prospered us, mm -hmm. and 2 Corinthians 9, as we purpose in our heart, and God loves a cheerful giver. So, uh, I'm not saying it's wrong to tithe, and in fact, when people are first starting to figure out how to give, I will often say, well, a tithe, a 10%, can be a good start. The real concern, I think, with 
the mindset of tithing is this. Tithing tends to think, well, 10% belongs to God, 90% belongs to me. That's not what the scripture teaches. 100% belongs to God. And if it all belongs to him and I am only a steward, not an owner, 90% of it does not belong to me, then I'm accountable to the owner for everything, not only that I give, but what I spend and what I save. So I try to think about my spending, my saving, and my sharing, all three of them as a steward of what God owns as 100%. So I don't teach tithing. We don't practice personally tithing. We seek to give and spend and save all under the ownership of God of 100% of the things in my life. Because otherwise, I can just kind of pay my God tax, God tithe, mm-hmm. and then do whatever I want. And that's, that's, not, that's not a correct understanding of God's ownership. Right. So that's the second question. How much? To whom? Yeah. Who do I give to first? Uh, very, in my understanding, the scripture defines a priority of providing through giving in this manner. First, we provide for our families. We pay our own bills first. We should not give and not pay our own bills. That doesn't please the Lord. So we should pay our own bills first. Then, if we have elderly parents who cannot provide for themselves, we should provide for them. To not do so, 1 Timothy 5 says, is to be worse than an unbeliever. So provide for ourselves, provide for our aging parents who, if they cannot provide for themselves. Third, we give to our local church. 1 Corinthians 9, the Lord has directed it to give materially to those who spiritually invest in us. Fourth, we should help provide for our spiritual family who cannot provide for themselves. So poor believers, 1 Corinthians 16, the collection that is talked about there in 1 Corinthians 16 is 100% about a collection for believers in Corinth, providing for believers who lived in and around Jerusalem, who they had never met, but they were brothers and sisters in Christ. They were family. Mm -hmm. And so you provide for them. And then uh, and the scripture says, remember the poor. And then finally, Philippians 4 says, when we share with those who are taking the gospel where it's not yet gone, we do well. That's what Paul said to the Philippians. You do well by sharing with me what I'm doing in Thessalonica. So there's your priority of giving. Pay your own bills. Provide for your elderly parents. Support your local church care for your spiritual family who cannot care for themselves and invest in the expansion of the gospel. That's good. Very practical steps to walk through. And, not and I, this way, this way. The, uh, yeah. So starting at the bottom is family. First, second, and third, fourth, fifth. And as I hear what, this, you, so you've taught this yes. before uh, for Thessalonians? Or yeah, for somebody. I simply call it the ladder of giving integrity. Yeah, so great question. And we can put that up uh, on the website. It's, there's a resource, there's a... I can see the visual in my head, um, so it would be great for you to, to look at that. If you would like to see that in writing, simply reach out to us at cfcjacks.com, and we'll get to you the ladder of giving integrity. Yeah, very, very helpful. All right. Uh, we are parents of young adults, and although we plan to work until we are unable 
we struggle with knowing how much is enough to save so that we do not become a burden to our children. Do we need a change in perspective? Okay. Uh, I appreciate the commitment to work. And it is not irresponsible or ungodly to save. The scripture says the foolish man swallows up everything he has. The wise man saves. And the scripture says, look to the ant who saves for time of need. So I appreciate the commitment to work and the commitment to save. Mm -hmm. The question, uh, how much do I save? Well, the scripture doesn't doesn't say. The, The adverbs I've tried to live by and teach my children is we spend wisely, we save responsibly, and we give generously. Spend wisely, save responsibly, give generously. We cannot give generously without spending wisely and saving responsibly. So what's responsible? The only thing that I would say changing the perspective is this. If your parent, if your kids need to take care of you in your older years, that is not being a burden to them. That's a blessing of how they get to provide for you in the manner in which you provided for them. I have zero hesitation to often tell my kids, hey, I'm buying now, but your turn's coming. <laughs> Seriously. Your, their turn is coming. I have every, uh, not, I'm not living foolishly uh, and expecting that they'll cover my, for my foolishness, but I, I'm not hesitant because it's a biblical principle that if the Lord gives me life longer than I can labor and provide for myself, I'm gonna, I am saving for uh, that time. But if I don't save enough, then it's my kid's privilege, not burden, to provide for me. So don't. can you ever save enough? No. Because you never know the uncertainty. You can never really save enough. Can you save too much? Absolutely. You can save so much that you don't think you need to depend upon the Lord or... You don't share. Yes. That would be, you can save so much that uh, I'm never going to share in order. Uh, to save so that I have enough. I don't think it is a, some have gone to an extreme and said, if you're going to really trust God with your future, you shouldn't save in the present. I think that goes against the biblical uh, command that we should save responsibly. So uh, I would, I think there's good things to look at and to go, how long do I think I live? I'll live. I have no idea. Maybe I'll live to 90. If I do, and I can only effectively work until I'm 80, then there may be a 10-year gap. What would I need potentially live for 10 years? I'm going to try and save the amount of money that I think I will need between when I may be able to still physically work, but still physically be alive. That's the gap. But I'm not looking to go, hey, I feel good, but I'm going to stop working. There's going to be a day, honestly, where the elders say to me, Doug, thanks. Uh, You're not that effective anymore. And they're not going to pay me anymore. And I may still be alive. 
I don't hesitate to say, I'm, I hope the Lord does not give me many years beyond where I can effectively work, honestly. I, I would, but you by God's working. grace, I, yeah, I don't just give sermons. I believe that stuff. Right. I believe the stuff that yeah. I talked. Uh, I enjoy working. I think working's good. I think it's a privilege to be fruitful, and I want to work hard. And so I don't hesitate to say, Lord, help me to work uh, as long as I can. And then not a lot of years of not being able to work but still live. I'm grateful. I'm genuinely grateful my dad was able to uh, work as long as he lived. Yeah. He worked till he was 80, you said, right? And yeah. He was, uh, we don't really know how he died because his neighbor found him on his front porch. Uh, so we're not, it seemed, uh, there was a, uh, too many details. He, he was going to work the day he died. So he was driving the Amish around. He wasn't driving when he died, thankfully. But, yeah, but he, but he was probably so, getting. He was probably working before he left the house at four a.m. that morning. Right. I think he was. We think he was probably watering some plants before he left at four a.m. Yeah. to start working. So that's. I think that's good. That may yeah. sound weird, but I think that's good. Yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. Um, another question here. Uh, how do you stay mov- motivated to work hard when you feel tired and work with others who don't value hard work? Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> hey, I've worked with people, and I don't mean necessarily at the chapel. I've worked with people who didn't value hard work. Uh, we'll come to it um, in Ephesians. Uh, it said is it in Colossians 3, how do I stay motivated? Because I serve unto the Lord. I work as unto the Lord. Ultimately, I work, I'm accountable to the elders, but ultimately I'm accountable to Jesus, who's the head of this church. Mm. And so uh, I stay motivated, and you're accountable forever. Mm. You are not just to your earthly boss, but to your heavenly Father. And uh, so that's number one. That's how I stay motivated. Number two, when other people around me aren't motivated to work hard, I'm motivated to be salt and light. Light shines brighter, the greater the darkness. So the more unmotivated people are around you in your work, the brighter your light will shine when you work hard. Let it shine. uh, In college, I did some concrete work, and those guys were like, let's get away. And they would say to me, why do you work work. so hard? And I was like, because I think God made me to work. That's good. Any other questions? Oh, that's it. And we're, I think we're about out of time. So uh, thanks for joining in. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the Jags game at, at 1 o'clock. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week.